I never felt like a sex object, which was extremely empowering. I thought that that would be a powerful experience for me to give my friends. That's the underbelly of this work was like, I want my friends to have a moment to feel free. That's artist Andrew Wilson on feeling liberated while working as a nude model. Welcome to Art is Awesome. I'm your host, Emily Wilson. I'm a writer in San Francisco, often covering the arts. And I've been meeting such great people that I created this bi-weekly podcast to highlight their work. Art is Awesome is now carried on KSFP LP, 102.5 FM, San Francisco, on Fridays at 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. You can listen live or stream it there. Torn Asunder, Andrew Wilson's introspective and meditative solo show is of black male nudes. 42 images with a line of a poem that traces the men's bodies. There are also five large photos that have double exposures. Andrew grew up in Oakland. He learned to sew from his mother and grandmother and was involved in Oakland's acclaimed spoken word program, Youth Speaks. Andrew has done work with sculpture, jewelry, book arts, and textiles, as well as photography. His work has been shown at institutions, including the Berkeley Art Museum, Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, SOMARTS, and the Museum of the African Diaspora. We met at Jonathan Carver Moore's Gallery in San Francisco, where Torn Asunder is on display. Andrew talked about how his experience as a nude model led him to make these photos, how he wanted to respond to work like Robert Maplethorpe's 1986 Black Book that is seen as objectifying black men, what photographer Carrie Mae Weems told him about making art, and how he wants to explore different mediums. Andrew met with Jonathan last year before he opened his gallery and showed him these photos, which he made 10 years ago. I'd been talking to different folks about this body of work. Uh, it's something that I came back to like at least once a year over the last decade, uh, but it was just files for the most part. And uh, Jonathan was like, well, let me see it. Let me see this work that you're talking about. I was like, I mean, okay. And I had my computer with me and I showed him this work. And he was like, I want to show this. I want to show this. Do you want to show it? Because I want to show it, you know? Uh, and, and I think it was also just very much about care. I could tell that he cared deeply, you know? Uh, and this body of work again has been just so close to my heart and close to the chest for so long that letting it go has been scary, right? So I needed to know that the person cares and Jonathan totally, totally cares deeply. The poem that's included with the images isn't Andrew's first. This piece is 42 images with a 42 line poem. In high school, I was actually a slam poet. So, you know, you speaks and all this kind of stuff. I've been working with them since high school. So like 07, 08, I've worked with them. I'm on their production teams. So for like Brave New Voices or Life is Living, or um, I used to work bringing the noise for MLK. I used to work the slams, all that kind of stuff. Like I was a poet. I've been on every facet of those teams for a long, long time. <laughs> 
Andrew works in lots of mediums. I have a strange entry into the art world. My mother and grandmother were seamstresses, so I kind of learned the logic of sewing through them. And then I got into like macrame and like kind of jewelry and then into chain work. And then uh, from there, poetry and like slam poetry. And then I went to school for jewelry. Yeah. Yeah, so I studied jewelry in school and then I got into like photography, alternative photographic process, sculpture, ceramics, book arts, all that kind of stuff. And then I realized that I could do photography on textile. So that's what you saw at YBCA was cyanotype on fabric. So the practice has like kind of expand, 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 expand over time. So this is not my first poem. And it was actually written while the photo shoots were happening. So all of it was happening at the same time. Like nothing kind of, one never came before the other. It was always a conversation. Since 2018, Andrew has worked with artist Carrie Mae Weems, known for her kitchen table photo series. And something she said made him think he shouldn't limit himself to one medium. I would be remiss if I thought that one media could tell the full story that I'm trying to get at, right? So I think of these as different vantage points on the same kind of thing. Uh, there was a story that Carrie told us, <laughs> like when I first met Carrie Mae Weems, uh, she was like, okay, everyone, you just need to know that your career, you are examining the same box. The same box, you're gonna figure out every angle, every vantage point, inside, outside, all you're doing is trying to explore this box. And I think that working in all these different media helped me explore that box, you know, deeply. Andrew knows what his box is. I feel like as, I, as I've kind of worked and worked and worked, I think it's um, care, right? Like in how care is this uh, revolutionary tool. Andrew went to Ohio Wesleyan University for undergrad before going to UC Berkeley for his MFA. All the photos are of friends of Andrew's from college, most of them straight. So James was like the captain of the football team. Dose, he was a, uh, he was a football player, but also a track athlete. Uh, Garrison, I think he was football. Dom was football. Ginyu was like the coolest dude. He was like playing ultimate Frisbee and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Vaughn was a basketball player. Justin uh, was a dancer. Justin was a dancer. Uh, Lucky. Lucky's, uh, is he from South Africa? Is that where Lucky's from? Um, he's just like a super great, cool guy. Um, yeah, these are all just homies of mine from undergrad. In the photos, the men are standing, sitting on the floor, in yoga poses, looking to the side, looking down, looking straight ahead. Andrew wanted his friends to feel liberated when posing. So in undergrad, I was actually a nude model for the department. Yeah, I was a nude model for like three years. And I realized that that was such an empowering job. I never felt like a sex object, ever. You know, I actually think that folks were mad at me because they were like, oh my gosh, now I have to figure out this damn contour and how light's modulating across your skin. Like, God damn, dude. <laughs> I never felt like a sex object, uh, which was extremely empowering. And um, I thought that that would be a powerful experience for me to give my friends. You know, that's the underbelly of this work was like 
I want my friends to have a moment to feel free. Photographer Robert Maplethorpe's The Black Book and artist Glenn Ligon's critique, notes on the margin of The Black Book, fueled this work. I was always interested in nudes, photographing nudes. Uh, I have like a massive collection of like photo books of nudes. And I thought about Maplethorpe, I thought about his Black Book, which I, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful body of work, uh, but also like very much about sex and like Maplethorpe's consumption of black men, right? In his own sexual practice. So I wanted to do something to counter that. There's a quote on the wall of the gallery from W.E.B. Du Bois's Souls of Black Folk that reads in part, it is a peculiar sensation, this double consciousness, the sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity. That's like a super iconic quote in the text that I kind of produced in that independent study. I actually was arguing for a triple consciousness, right? Like this idea of uh, queer underpinnings. So if we think of like Americanness, blackness, that's this idea of a double consciousness. And then we add like a queer vantage point in that, then that's this idea of a triple consciousness. The double exposure in the photos wasn't intentional. These photographs were actually ha happenstance. I know, I know, I know, I know. I was shocked too. Um, so this work was made with two different cameras. The smaller works were made with an Olympus Pen FT. Uh, so for any like photo nerd, they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, an Olympus Pen. Uh, so that was the Olympus Pen FT. And then the double exposures, the square uh, works, those were made with the Yashica 635. So that shoots both medium format and 35 mil, but you have to cock the shutter by hand. And these images, happened because I didn't advance the film after cocking the shutter. I know, it's, it's incredible. And all of the models have double exposures. Doing the shoots, Andrew wanted his friends to feel free, and the photos are both powerful and vulnerable. Initially in the shoot, I had the two cameras, and I was like, okay, we're gonna do these photo shoots. We're gonna shoot this number, this number of rolls of film. Uh, and I had like a stack of books about Yehi, like a massive stack of books. I was like, look, there is research. If you wanna comb through some of the research material, there are uh, different images that are kind of marked that you can look at that I'm going for. But during this shoot, like I'm never gonna to touch you. Like if there's a pose that I'd like you to do, I'll demonstrate and then you can just proceed to do it. Like all this kind of stuff, right? I was like, Mm -mm, we're not like this is this is professional y'all like nothing is nothing weird's gonna happen here i think i was just making images i was making images and like in conversation with models like there were sets of poses that i asked them to do and then there was a point at which i was like what are things that you want to do that you've never been able to do before like use this opportunity and that's where we see some of the most incredible poses At the end of the show, I ask the same three questions to find out more about the person. They are, when did you know you were an artist? What was some work that has made an impact on you? 
and what's the most creatively inspiring place in the Bay Area. The work that Andrew mentions that he saw in Atlanta is a video by Rashid Johnson. The moment that I knew I was an artist, my gosh. I mean, I guess I I just knew that I wanted to study art. I knew that. Maybe maybe it was my, uh, what does my mother always say? Cause she, I mean, she caught a lot of heat from family. Like, why are you letting him study art? You should be studying something practical, blah, 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 blah. You know how people are. Um, and she was like, well, he wants to, and it's his money. So he should be able to do what the hell he wants to do. So she always says she was either smart enough or dumb enough to support me. And I'm just so thankful that she allowed me to, to do what I wanted to do. So. I, I, I don't know the answer to when, when I first thought I was an artist. Maybe I'm still trying to find that right now. I mean, I, I feel like I, I could probably go on for hours about this question, right? I think maybe in the last couple of years, one work that just like stole my heart was uh, The Hikers. I saw it in Atlanta at the High Museum. It's a video work. I can't I can't remember who the artist is, but it was just the most gorgeous video work. It's these two uh, these two figures, they're on a hike and they encounter each other in the wilderness and then they like dance. It's the most incredible. I, I went back to the museum four days in a row to see the to see the work. Yeah. Um, but I also think coming from like performance poetry. And the prospect of being radically honest and being encouraged to be my fullest self. Yeah, I think that those are, that will always stick with me. A place in the Bay that's the most creatively inspiring. The whole thing, the whole Bay, you know? Moad always has a soft spot in my heart. Uh, I always go there when I come home to visit, Um, but also Grizzly Peak and just watching the fog eat San Francisco in the evening. That's such a gorgeous moment. Um, Or just like going to Muir Woods, uh, a walk around the lake, Um, all of it. Yeah, this, this place is incredible. Uh, and the grit of it too. So like the encampments of people who, you know, are working through housing insecurity uh, and the massive buildings that are sitting empty because landlords would rather a building sit empty than allow folks to, you know, have shelter, which should be a human right. Um, the extremes of this place. The extremes of this place are our creative inspiration, totally. Thank you for listening to Art is Awesome. And thanks to our guest, Andrew Wilson. You can find out more about his work in our show notes. His solo exhibition, Torn Asunder, is at Jonathan Carver Moore's Gallery on Market Street in San Francisco through March 16th. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time 
when we talk with artist Have Karaman. Her exhibition at the Institute of Contemporary Art, San Francisco, Look Into My Eyes, with painting, sculpture, and a sound piece, deals with migration, surveillance, botany, and colonialism. Art is Awesome is a bi-weekly podcast coming out every other Tuesday. It's created and hosted by me, Emily Wilson. It is produced and edited by Charlene Gotu of Gotu Productions. It's carried on KSFP LP 102.5 FM San Francisco on Fridays at 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. Our theme music is provided by Kevin McLeod with Incompetech Music. Be sure and follow us on Instagram at Art is Awesome Podcast or visit our website. Till next time. <laughs>